Well, it's been made abundantly clear, I think, uh, through this service that we've moved into a new season of the church year. I'm amazed every year as it seems, it's, maybe it's just a day or a week or so, but it seems each year uh, the, the various Christmas displays or, or uh, advertisements or even this, this afternoon as you're watching the, the Chiefs game or whatever you're watching, note how many commercials have something to do with, with Christmas or, or some sort of a winter scene. It's the majority of them now, it seems like each year it gets, pat, it gets pushed back just a little earlier, huh? And even, even our, our family on our way to Wichita, we were listening to uh, Christmas music. I, I think, uh, I think maybe November the 1st, Dana was telling me that there was a local station that began playing Christmas music. There's just something about this time of year, isn't there? That said, though, we've celebrated Thanksgiving, and you will be absolutely inundated beyond just commercials this afternoon, that we have entered the Christmas season. I need to tell you something. We haven't yet. We haven't yet. At least in the experience of the church calendar, we've entered, as we've said previously, we've entered the season of Advent. A time set aside to prepare our hearts to celebrate the truth of Christmas. As my title indicates here, my plan during the four Sundays of Advent plus Christmas morning is for us to delve into appearances made by the angels in conjunction with Jesus' first earthly arrival. I think there's much for us to glean from their messages and the responses of their recipients. I'm excited about this uh, these next few weeks as we share together. There's much that we may kind of naturally associate with Christmas. A family gathered around a Christmas tree, hanging ornaments or decorations that only make their appearance once per year or so, singing silent night in a darkened sanctuary on Christmas Eve. There's something or some things that you just naturally associate with the celebration of Christmas. Whatever images or memories stand out, though, I'd venture to guess that our imaginations don't go too far without some inclusion of angels. At least in our minds, and not just as it relates to the account of Jesus' birth, Either. If you attend some sort of a Christmas pageant or even walk down a department store aisle, you may see some depiction of an angel. Even some of the best Christmas movies feature angels. It's a wonderful life, that guy Clarence. There was a movie called The Bishop's Wife, and I think, uh, in, in maybe a little bit of Prisoner of the Moment or Recency Bias, it was remade, I, I'm sorry, it was originally The Bishop's Wife, and it was remade as The Preacher's Wife with Denzel Washington playing the angel. In those films, those traditional kind of associated with Christmas movies, 
the angels appear not with wings, but as everyday human beings sent to earth to teach the meaning of Christmas. Angels, of course, are not unique in Scripture to the Christmas story. They appear throughout the Bible during significant moments in the history of God's people. However, however, they do play a very poignant, very intentional role, as we'll see or be reminded of, in serving as messengers of hope, peace, salvation, direction, warning, even clarifying Jesus' identity in the account of Jesus' first earthly arrival in Bethlehem. At their core, angels, which is almost a transliteration or a direct uh, word that we use directly from another language, angelos, angelos, a little Greek for you, at least my attempt at it. At their core, they are bringers of news. Since we're on the subject, my mom asked me about this last night, I told her I was going to be talking about angels. I should note one thing we may have wrong. Uh-oh, here we go. We may have wrong about the medium through which angels delivered their messages, especially in the passages we'll consider. Now, this point has not a ton of eternal significance, but I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting because of the impact that this time of year has on our thinking about angels, about God's entrance into the world, even maybe about God himself. The carols that mention angels, many of which we'll sing over the weeks to come, hold something in common. Okay? Here's a couple of them. Hark the herald angel sing. Okay? There's one. Angels we have heard on high sweetly singing. It came upon a midnight clear that glorious song. Singing. Huh? Now, the act of singing by angels is actually not conveyed by the gospel passages we'll explore. We'll note that they had messages that they spoke. There are other passages in Scripture that indicate they sing in heaven. But if someone tells you, boy, you sing like an angel, it may be kind of like saying you have a face for radio almost. At least, at least from, uh, from, from these passages, it's just, it's just interesting to me as I thought about angels and how we think of them as, as singing that most of their messages within the gospel as it relates to Jesus' arrival were spoken. Spoken. Our focus though will be much more on their messages themselves than their medium. What were they saying as opposed to how they said it? <coughs> the angels of Christmas were sent to deliver important messages to people who joined generations of ancestors who waited for God to intervene in mighty ways. The messages sent via angels came straight from God and as such demanded a response. 
As we make our way through, we'll ask ourselves how we are being called to respond to God's messages to us this Advent season. Beyond the Christmas story, there are appearances of angels in the Old Testament. The scriptures that the folk that we'll be looking at who were recipients of angelic messages during Christmas. Elizabeth, Zechariah, Joseph, and Mary. As they thought about angels, they would naturally think of the Old Testament scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, and the appearance of angels in that portion of God's revelation to God's people. Though not with wings and white robes, angels visited Abraham and Sarah in Genesis 18 to explain that God would be blessing them with a son. When Abraham was readying to sacrifice his son that had been promised, Isaac, in Genesis 22, Scripture says the angel of the Lord reaffirmed God's promise regarding Abraham's descendants. An angel comforts the slave girl who had run away from Abraham, Hagar, when she flees from Abraham and Sarah with her son, Ishmael. An angel announces the coming births of Isaac, of Ishmael, of Samson. Over and over again in the Old Testament, angels were delivering messages to God's people. There was the angel of God who commissioned Moses from the burning bush <coughs> to lead the Hebrew people out of slavery. Just kind of generally speaking, the work of angels in the Old Testament included speaking to God's prophets, redirecting or guiding actions, or acting in ways that offered protection. Angels had various jobs throughout the Old Testament. You know, a job description that says, and, and, other, uh, and other tasks as assigned. That was kind of the, the job description of, of an angel in the Old Testament. There could be a, a number of things that they were involved in, or a number of messages that they were asked to convey. I think we'll come to see in the coming weeks that angels in the birth narrative of Jesus functioned in very unique and varied ways. There were also times in the Old Testament when angels were kind of frightening bringers of news. When their news was not positive. It was a cherub that God sent to prevent Adam and Eve from returning after being expelled from the Garden of Eden. It was angels who brought destruction to the city of Sodom. Due to these stories and others like them, we can understand why some of the characters we associate with the Christmas story might have been a little frightened when an angel showed up and needed to hear those, those words of reassurance. Do not be afraid. <coughs> One of the things angels, as they appear to have been depicted throughout Scripture and the Incarnation, for that matter, teach us, is that God continues to want to reach out and communicate with humanity. Whether heavenly or purely human messengers, 
Strangers or people we know, as we embark upon this season of Advent, we want to be aware that God continues to reach out to us. That God continues to interact with us. As we enter Advent, we pause to ask ourselves how we can orient our own hearts to those moments so we might be able to better grasp what God is saying. As we prepare our hearts for the birth of the Christ child once again, may we listen closely to what God has to say through the messages of angels this Christmas. My prayer is that we enter and celebrate Christmas, transformed by the wonder and joy of Christ's birth, by a renewed commitment to respond to his message. May God give us grace to do just that. Amen.